Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGiver alongside my co-host, calm, cool, collected, Pastor Ken Keltner, Brookside <laughs> Baptist Church. Pastor, hey, how Ray, you doing? Ray, you're our guest. You're not supposed to be laughing at that already. Yeah, he man. already knows. Right? Come on. He knows already. Pastor, how you doing? I'm doing great, Mike. You having a great day? It's a good day. Well, yeah, yeah it's I a mean, good they're day. telling me it's your birthday, man. Uh, happy birthday. But why would people lie to a pastor? <laughs> <laughs> when you, man, when you're my age, you just good. Let's just move on, man. Let's just move. Well, a happy birthday, uh-huh. Mike McGill. Yeah, happy birthday. Yeah, yeah, thank you, boys. Hey, Art, you know what I love about sports? What do you I, lo- I, I love when a quarterback gets up to a uh, line of scrimmage, he looks over the defense, and they've got a run play, and he, he, he calls an audible. Yeah, you know what? And we called an audible today, and and I'm so excited that Ray Santiago was was willing uh, to spend some time with us. He uh, he sent me a book called Playing on High Ground, and it's a Christian approach to the mental game of sports. It's a it's basically a baseball book, but it 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 can as a basketball coach, I'm going to use the book. Hmm. I okay. use it for some of the things. 36 years, I haven't been able to figure out how to you know. How to get? How to motivate? <laughs> no, I can motivate hitting free throws down the stretch, man. I can't. I can't find a guy that can hit a free throw with under two minutes to go in a game in my entire life. I think, uh, including our boys. Yeah. The, well, though, though the one game, uh, Ke- Kevin used to be able to hit free Kevin, throws for Kevin you. Kevin did, yeah. but you still yelled at him the whole time. <laughs> hey, you know what? This is a great guest to have to talk yeah. about the damage you did to your boys, psyche, <laughs> in the game of basketball. Hey, as we talk, uh, Ray Santiago, author, and he is uh, there is a book at Amazon.com. It's called "Playing Playing on a, on High Ground." Excuse me, "Playing on High Ground." Author Ray Santiago. Hey, Ray, is this the first book you've written? Yeah, it is. It's the first book I've written. I've already. I'm working on the sequel right now. When you called me today, uh, I was actually working on chapter eight, the last chapter. So, but um, we're just trying to get the seeds planted with book one here, and I'm really excited about it. Hey, did you think let's let's just take Ray Santiago 15 years ago? Did you think there'd be a time that you'd come out of uh, a radio show, and they would introduce you as author Ray Santiago. <laughs> no, uh, it actually still hasn't hit me yet to even introduce myself as an author. Uh, you know, I read so many good books, and 
you know, I don't see myself as an incredible writer, but what I love about this book is that there's so much of God's Word in there that he's the best author of all time. So uh, when we get a lot of God's Word in there, uh, it's a good book because there's so much of God's Word in, uh, packed in there. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, you know, I just want to get Ray's background if yeah. we can yeah. before mm-hmm. we get in it. And we're going to talk a lot about playing on high ground. Again, it's a, a Christian approach to the mental game. If you're a coach, if you're a parent, if you're a player— um, if you're around youth sports, this is a book you're going to want to pick up. Again, it's available at Amazon.com. Ray, can we talk a little bit about your background, where you grew up? Sure, absolutely. So I was uh, born and raised in Ventura, California. Uh, that's um, a baseball area. Yeah, big baseball area. <laughs> yeah. And uh, played there, you know, it's in Southern California. Um, played there until I was 18, got a, a brief um time in Mississippi. I got a scholarship to Mississippi, Mississippi Valley State, tore my labrum there, um, and I can tell a little bit about my faith journey along the way. So, um, you know, I grew up Christian, and wonderful household, wonderful fellowship. Uh, parents, you know, taught me everything I know, and uh, but I didn't really make it my own until I got to Mississippi, where I didn't have family, I didn't have my fellowship, and I tore my labrum in my shoulder. That's when I realized that baseball had become my God, you know, and God had really taken a back seat uh, in my life. And when I tore my labrum, my shoulder, I couldn't play baseball anymore. And it was then that I realized, wow, you know, this is what a relationship with God is all about. When I'm out by myself, I don't have the comfort of family. I don't have the comfort to hide behind baseball. Um, And that's when it, it hit me that this relationship with God thing is real. And if I want to play at the next level, this is going to be the thing that really gets me there. Um, and so I moved back home to Southern California. I went to Oxnard College and played a year there after I healed up. And then I chased a girl up to uh, Idaho uh, and played baseball at College of Idaho at NAIA school. And the baseball career was fun and great. The girl didn't work out, but uh, that's okay. And um, But yeah, after, after the baseball there, I went to Boise State and, uh, you know, I finished my career and and I didn't get drafted, and that was, you know, I had every opportunity. I know uh, a sports agent, Paige Odell, who, you know, knows everybody in the business. And, you know, if I was good enough, I would have made it, but I wasn't. So I asked myself, okay, what do I do now? Um, and and my relationship with God was something huge in my life, and I didn't have baseball anymore. And so I went into sports psychology, and in my personal life, I studied God's Word. And so for the last you know, seven years, that's what I've done, um, is study both of those. And, and this book is kind of a culmination of what I learned in the sports psychology world and what I've studied in God's Word and, and the melding of the two. Mm-hmm. So do you do you work with individuals? Do you work with teams now or coaches? Uh, how, how do you kind of flesh, flesh this out? I know you wrote the book, but do, are you one-on-one with people, or what, how do you work with all that, Ray? Yeah, so currently I work with I do work with some teams, and but I mainly work on an individual basis, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily tell them uh, that I'm Christian or I live in the Bay Area now, which mm-hmm. uh, I'm not throwing them under the bus, but it is it is the biggest technological place, but it's the most unchurched place in America, from what I've been told. I was actually at a conference this weekend. Um, called Faith in the Workplace, and, and that's it was just a staggering thing. So um, I don't necessarily say that I'm Christian, but everything I do, everything I say, comes from my time spent in God's Word. 
you know, I may not say scripture and verse, but the things that I am sharing with these athletes are all scripturally based. How to treat their teammates, how to go about their work ethic. Yeah, I I, I, so, I uh, coached at a public school in uh, the Colorado area, Denver, Colorado area, and the principal there uh, came to the Lord later on in his life, and he said. Uh, he said, Ken, you have to be as wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. That's what Jesus <laughs> said to do. And he said, I, he said, I, I, a lot of the things I write are going to be right out of Scripture, even though I might not necessarily identify it as Scripture. But I, I know when he would write parent, you know, he had a paper that he would write, and it would mainly be to parents. I saw a lot of scriptural truth, you know, in those writings, and uh, I think God used used it in a great way and used him. And so, mm-hmm. hey, one question, right? So, uh, sure. I just want to make sure we get. So, when you your journey of faith with Jesus Christ began when you were young, you made that decision uh, in, when you were growing up in home in your home with your parents that were believers, and then when you got to Mississippi Valley. That's mm-hmm. where the decision of hey, I need to mean business with God here is. Is do I have that? Yeah. Do I have that kind of right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, um, you know, some people kind of have at some point a, a specific date. For me, I had grown up in it, and I and I had a great relationship with God, prayed every single day. But you know, I think the comfort of home and knowing that you know if something goes bad that you always have your parents to lean on. When I was by myself and and that happened out in Mississippi, that was really like, wow, okay, this is what a relationship with God is all about. Because I think there's a difference between going to church and once in a while reading the Bible and praying and really, okay, God, I'm going to practice your presence in my life right now. I'm going to walk and talk with you on a daily basis. Um, I'm going to check in with you, and I'm going to find my comfort in going to your Word. I'm not going to ask questions like, why me? Why this? And and that's mm-hmm. kind of what happens in the first chapter of the book. Actually, is uh, not a spoiler alert, but it kind of starts out as there's this high school athlete and he has this major injury, um, and he asks God, "Why? Why did this happen to me?" Mm-hmm. And and what happens is he meets a sports psychology consultant, and um, he and the consultant asks him, <clears throat> uh, "Why? Why are you asking me? Why don't you go to God's Word and see who God is?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and who he's called himself to be. I mean, he, his, his autobiography, I mean, if you want to know something about God, why don't we go to the source? And, and that's what this character did, and that's what I did in my own own life. And, you know, when I found out that God is light and in him is no darkness at all, like, okay, well, injuries don't really line up with light. Um, and so, you know, you start to read about, there's so many scriptures about healing in that, you know, you look at Jesus Christ and, you know, he always did, and, and said what the Father had him do and say, and how often did you see him injure people? Never. But how yeah. often did you see him heal people? So quite, quite times. often, yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah, so let me, uh, so I kind of, I, I, from what you just shared right there, I kind of have it back, backwards, I believe, and I just want to clarify for our listeners, because, you know, Jesus talked to, often about, ye must be born again. That was John the Baptist's message, mm-hmm. ye must be born again. So it sounds like that born again or that time where you made that decision yourself, not on something I was told or that I was brought up in, but it sounds like you made that decision to trust, really trust Christ there at Mississippi Valley. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, Yeah. No, it sounds, uh, man, that's powerful. You know, and just looking through the book, and I haven't finished it, uh, but I certainly will. What I like a lot about the book is is it's— 
it's almost a workbook. You know, there's, yeah. it, it, you know, you read a chapter and then near the end of the chapter, sometimes not, uh, sometimes in the middle of the chapter, it 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 makes you stop and ask some questions and then basically write some notes down. And and I, I just think I find this a really really good piece of work, Ray. I have to tell you, and, and, and again as a coach, and I coach at at a private school, so I'm able to talk about this. And I'm able to have kids read this book. But, you know, I'm, and I'm just paging through it, but, you, you know, you talk about God promises perfect peace as you stay your mind on him. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's there's a number of things, and at the end it's the three verses to use as self-talk strategies that will help you become God-inside and minded. And so <laughs> it, it, makes you look, it makes you read and then start to think for yourself and think logically, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, and um, just to just to add to that, you know, there's so many Christian athletes who who want to praise God, who want to give Him the glory, but we don't go to God's Word and we don't learn it to where if somebody you know asks us, hey, you know, what is this whole faith thing, you know, and that book is going to give you the answers of how to answer that. It's going to fully equip you to go out in the world with you know with comfort and confidence to to really speak the word to people and. You know, people talk about, okay, well, how are you going to use your platform? Well, when you're well-equipped, I mean, you're, you are literally Christ walking on earth. That's what a Christian is, is, is the ability to share the gospel with somebody to the point where they can believe and become born again. And that's what a privilege we have, right, as born-again Christians. And that's what I want to do with this first book, really, is lay that foundation, not only of the mental game, because you're going to get a lot of mental game, but really what it means to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. Hey, good. you know, Ray, it's interesting because uh, a while ago, and I've told this story on this show a lot, probably too much, but I, I really <laughs> like the story. There was a Division three basketball coach uh, from Indiana, and we had him on, and, and, and I asked him how comfortable he was to, to talk about his faith outside of the locker room. And he mm-hmm. said, look, to be honest with you, for years, I was really comfortable in the locker room with my staff and my players. And then I'd walk outside the locker room, and I struggled. And I took mm-hmm. classes, and I, I, I read a lot, and it, nothing was coming easy. And I bought a book called I'm Not a Fan. And I spent the extra $3 for the bracelet that said I'm not a fan. It's a rubber bracelet. It's three bucks. And he mm-hmm. said, I'm, I'm in a grocery store, and somebody sees that, and they ask me, who aren't you a fan of? And he mm-hmm. said, I'm not a fan <laughs> of Jesus Christ. And, and the guy looked at him like, What? And he said, I'm not a fan because fans sit on the sidelines. I'm a follower. Can I tell you about it? And he said, all the classes I took and all the books I read, it came down to a $3 rubber bracelet that opened the door for me like crazy. Guys, I'm sorry, but we have to get to a break. He is Ray Santiago. He is an author. Um, He is also a sports psychologist that we're going to get into some of this. And you can go to uh, Amazon.com. The name of the book is Playing on High Ground. Playing on High Ground, author Ray Santiago will continue our conversation with him on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, time, you covered me. 
back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, alongside the head pastor at Brookside Baptist Church, Pastor Ken Keltner, our special guest. He is author Ray Santiago. You can uh, find his book. This is a really interesting book if you're a coach, if you're a player, if you're a parent um, of, of a student athlete playing on high ground would be a really good book for you to read. And and I'm telling you, pick it up, and it's going to be hard for you to put down. So make sure you've got some time put aside. And then also grab a pen because he's going to challenge you a little bit. He's going to challenge you in parts of this book to, to, to write down some of the things that you're learning, some of the things you're thinking about at that time. And, again, playing on, on high ground. Hey, Ray, what position did you play when you played? I uh, played shortstop. <clears throat> And uh, after my surgery, I moved to second base primarily. Hmm. Yeah, that was uh, I loved second base. I didn't, you know, you yeah. can, he, he he can turn, yeah, he can turn too. Man, as it, long it, as the guy's real slow and he gets out of the way, right? I can, <laughs> I you know, I can't pick it and throw it at all anymore. But I guess back in the day, I enjoyed playing a little bit of second base, not only hard ball, but then a little bit of softball. Uh, the church softball league, Ray. I was a uh, man. I was a killer in that league. <laughs> he, he dominated. Yeah. He dominated. Pretty aggressive out there. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know how the Christians talk smack. You know, they yeah. get in the batter's box. They want to talk about <laughs> Romans and <laughs> talk yeah. about the Book of Ephesians when yeah. you're trying to concentrate on hitting a softball. Yeah. So that's talking smack. Hey, when yeah. um, when when you decided to to write this book. Um, can you walk us through that that kind of the first you know couple of months I guess or the first month of of writing the book was that something that was weighing on you for a while before you started? Yeah, um, so I actually wrote a paper. We didn't even have a dissertation for my master's degree, but I wrote one anyway, um, and it was on faith and in, in sport. And I, and I asked myself, what am I going to do with this? This is good, but I'm not going to get it published and. And so uh, in 2015, I went to New Zealand for a month. My friend had just got done writing a book, and she said, go to New Zealand, sit there for a month, and, and plan this all out. So I planned it all out, and it was in uh, it was in fiction format. I was in nonfiction format. So it was all written, and I got back, and I started reading a book by John Gordon called The Carpenter. You guys might be familiar with it. Um, and, and I saw what he did with group, putting great nuggets into a fiction format with characters. And I said, if I'm going to have athletes read this, I need to keep their attention. I need to keep it entertaining and interesting. Um, and, and that's what I did. And, and so it probably was about three years in the making in my mind. And then I met a guy named Phil Van Horn, who's a wonderful Christian uh, sports agent and, and entertainment agent down in at the ABCA conference last year in uh, Anaheim, and and he said, Ray, you got something here. And he's worked with guys like Mike Yorkie, who have like how many Christian athlete books out there. Yep. So that inspired me. He said, Ray, I need this in the next forty-five to sixty days. This first copy. So like my roommates roommates didn't see me for for two months. I just pounded this thing out, and uh, and yeah. So that was that was it. And you know, working on each chapter was a challenge in that I didn't want to privately interpret any scripture. Anything you find in that book is just going to be a reinterpretation of exactly what it says. I didn't want to pull scripture out of its context or anything. So it was really this Mm. patience of, okay, God, 
your words speak so much louder than I ever could. And it says so much better than I ever could. So it was this constant checking in with God, prayer, writing a paragraph. The story part's easy. It's the, it's the incorporating of the scriptures that is the art of the book that I, to the best of my ability, and I had, you know, four people work on each chapter with me as far as, hey, take a look at this. Is this, you know, privately interpreting? Am I saying something that it doesn't says, or am I saying exactly what it says? And, and for four people that are my mentors uh, to say, hey, you give me the okay, I felt really confident that it is a, it is a solid read. Mm-hmm. You know, someone once said, uh, as you're talking about the Word there, someone once said that, that the Bible is the heart of God uh, in the words of God. And um, that. that is uh, sounds like really what you were trying to do is convey, hey, this is this is what God is saying here. Which that that makes that's going to make it powerful. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question here, Ray. Sure. I had a buddy who was with the Yankees, mm-hmm. and uh, he was a pitcher, and uh, he really could throw hard. And he said, he said, I'll never forget George George Steinbrenner said to me, "You got a hey, buddy, you got a million dollar arm." But you got a five five cent brain, <laughs> and um, if you're in in the sports psychology side of life, and a, a guy or a coach comes in and goes, "Hey, I got this guy. He can flat throw it, but he has a five cent brain." I mean, what what is that saying in the sport world that he doesn't know what pitch to pitch when, or he just can't throw a strike when he needs to throw a strike? How would well, you? I mean, how do you interpret something along that line? Absolutely. So I would say you've got a, a major league arm, but mm-hmm. a kindergarten brain. As yeah. in, that's a nice. That's you know, a nicer you, way of putting it yeah. than George Steinbrenner <laughs> said it. Yeah. Well, you know what I love about the the brain is that you know you can feed a kid and he'll grow, but if you never teach a kid how to read, he's never going to learn how to read naturally. And so the mental game is, is basically lifting mental weights. And sometimes you got to start with just body weight, right? And then you add weights, you add weights. Well, with the brain, it's the same thing. And that if you want to get mentally stronger, you have to start with, number one, an awareness. An awareness of what I'm doing well, what I'm not doing well. And then you have to have a plan and implement that plan. And so, you know, if you've got a guy with a million-dollar arm but a, a two-cent brain or a five-cent brain, um, it starts with, okay, um, what are you doing well? What are you not doing well? And asking him, you have to really go to that that player and mm-hmm. say, hey, mm-hmm. let's. Do you want to grow in the mental game? And that's uh, something that I have to ask every player because I have parents say, hey, my son needs to work with you. Well, does he want to be worked with? And then, what do you feel his problem is? Because, mm-hmm. um, and so, it's it's just lifting weights for the mental game. And some of those things are confidence building. So. You know, you talk about a two-cent brain. Well, hey, maybe you're cruising through an inning, and all of a sudden, one bad call by an umpire, and you come unraveled, right? That would be a two-cent brain. But if oh. you have the ability to step behind the plate or step behind the mound and take a nice deep breath and say, who cares, next pitch, that's all of a sudden a 10-cent brain, right? And mm. then a ball goes through someone's legs on a tailor-made double play, and then you come unraveled again. Or if you step behind and say, hey, you made your pitch, you did your job, that's outside your control, get the ball back, make another good quality pitch. Now we're talking about a dollar brain. Does that make sense? Yeah, man, that's bad. Yeah, I like that progression. Mm-hmm. So it's building confidence, Mike. 
It's building confidence. It's being able to be in the present moment, forgetting the past, not worrying about the future, and just focus on one quality pitch at a time because that's all we can do is impact the, in the, impact the present. We can't do anything about the past except learn from it. The future hasn't happened yet. That's why they say the present is a gift. Well, you you were speaking Bible there, forgetting those things which are behind, right? That's right. Yeah, exactly. Paul right there. You know yeah. what? See how good he is? Like yeah. in San Francisco, when he's working these guys, he doesn't talk about his faith a lot, but he he puts it in there. Yeah. I, hey, Ray, I'm, I do a high school uh, coaches show as well uh, on the radio station here at Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan, and, and we talk a lot about how difficult it is to change the mindset of a program that has continued to lose. And Mm -hmm. that we had a football coach on a couple of years ago, and and they hadn't won a game in two years, maybe going on three. And they were up, it was 14-3 to with about six minutes to go in the game. Mm -hmm. And and they ended up giving up two touchdown passes and lost. Mm -hmm. And he said, if I could bring the tape in to show you, I can show (laughs) you exactly what happened. Our safeties... They don't trust our cornerbacks. They trusted our cornerbacks for three quarters and half a quarter. And all of a sudden, these guys are looking at the clock, wishing there were zeros on the clock. And Mm -hmm. because they didn't trust the corners, they both took two steps closer to the cornerback instead of staying in their lane, trusting Mm -hmm. those guys doing their job and trusting these guys to do their – and they got beat on two seam routes for, for touchdowns and lost. And he called me off the, off the air, and he said, "Mike, I don't know, I don't know what else to do. We're 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 putting guys in the correct places. We've got some good athletes, but this this program is so used to losing that even with six minutes to go and we're up by two scores, they still think we're going to lose." And he said, "I don't know how to get around that." And I'm wondering if you were on that call with us, what you would say to him? Yeah. Absolutely. So I would start with, hey, what did you guys do well? Instead of like, I can't believe we lost this. Hey, what did we do well? And so you you get them kind of on a a higher note of like, hey, we did do some things well. For three and a half quarters, I did trust you. You know, uh, we did stay present in the moment. We didn't let the game speed up on us. We weren't worried about the outcome of the game. Uh, And then what could you have done better? What's one thing you could have done better? And, okay, well, you know, I, I started to look at the clock too much, so and I wasn't focused on exactly my only job right there. I got away from what had worked the whole time. And then so once we have what we did well, what we could have improved, then it's, okay, how, going into next week, can we improve that? Can we p- play better for, um, you know, three quarters and three-fourths of a quarter? Right. Can we do this for four quarters? And instead of saying, like, how do we make this huge, huge, huge improvement, how do we just get better at one little thing Um, and if you ask each individual that and if they got real with themselves they could come up with one thing whether it's your own self-talk you know what was going through your mind what was that negative thought staying in your head oh my gosh we got this we got this this is you know i'm freaking out and then all of a sudden if you even hear my tone right there it's speeding up how do i take that nice deep breath three and a half quarters in Mm -hmm. and say be present Know your job. Trust the guy next to you that he's going to do his job. If you say that and he's saying that, holy moly, all of a sudden, uh, it's a whole different situation. But I've seen so many coaches just get frustrated and angry and say, we had it. What happened? Yeah. Well, 
that's one approach, but the approach that we just I just shared with you would would uh, you know accomplish so much more leading into the next week. Did you have Did you have a coach that kind of did this with you at all? I mean, did that have any play with uh, your you know your mental capacity when you were playing, or is this something that you saw that was lacking, and that that's what spurred you on to kind of head down this direction? Um. You know, I have one coach, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with what we just talked about. I had one coach um, that made a huge impact. Um, we just called him Seguin, and we got in trouble for not doing a fundraiser one day, so he ran us to death. And then afterwards, he hit the hardest ground balls you'll ever hit at somebody, and all he said was, Ray, don't let me hit it by you. Don't let me hit it by you. And for some reason, that clicked and stayed with me for the rest of my career. And it was Ray, don't let him hit it by you. But what I would say now is because that's in the negative, I would <laughs> say, hey, keep it in front and get it out. Keep it in front and get it out. Because mm-hmm. you always yeah. want to tell yourself what to do rather than what not to do. If I go up to the plate saying it's an 0-2 count, don't swing at the high fastball, don't swing at a high fastball. Well, what's the image in my brain? You know, hey, you know, Mike and Ken, if I say don't think of a pink elephant, don't whatever you don't think of one. I mean, what's going to pop right in your head? I, I had elephant. a pink elephant just pop in my head. Thank <laughs> <Yeah>. you, Ray. <laughs> so it's always about what you want to do rather than what you don't want to have done. Yeah. Does so, that make sense? Yeah. So, I, I mean, especially in this day and age, I mean, coaches need to hear this because in my day growing up and even when I was coaching, I mean, you could get on a kid hard. But boy, today you watch it, man. You can just see a guy's demeanor just go right down in the toilet when, a, you know, I I watch it on the college even level. What you know, and you're like, man, that that coach just destroyed that guy's confidence. And you're that's a key part of what you're saying. You're building them up, and and making good deposits hey, there in their life. Yeah, we're gonna have Ray uh, comment on that on the other side of the break. We're talking to Ray Santiago, author, sports psychologist. Playing on High Ground is his book. You can also go to Renewed Mind Performance, one word, renewedmindperformance.com, to get more information on the book and and, uh, more information on Ray as well. Let's get to a break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by All-American Window and Door. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside my co-host, Pastor Ken Keltner. From Brookside Baptist Church, our special guest, Ray Santiago, author Ray Santiago. Name of the book, Playing on High Ground, available uh, on, at uh, Amazon.com or go to RenewedMindPerformance.com to get more information. Just wanted to read something on the back of the book, which I think is, is, is phenomenal. Playing on High Ground is a book for athletes desiring to grow in their relationship with God and improve their mental game in order to give they're all for the one who gave us all to us, yeah, Jesus I'll, Christ. Yeah. What you know, again, if you're a parent or a coach, I would highly recommend you pick up this book, and you know, maybe buy 15, 20 copies to give to your players, uh, to give to your parents, 
and and have them go through uh, this book and, and again tell them to put some time aside and then tell them to bring a pen with them so that they can work not just read the book but work through the book and and learn some things about not only about yourself but but uh, your your student athlete um, your coaching staff people that that are around you as you're trying to teach these kids or if you're trying to play. Um, what a great way to not only help yourself in the mental aspect of the sport you're playing, but to also, you know, help your walk and and trying to walk worthy as we do on a daily basis, Pastor. Yeah. Hey, Ray, we, we kind of end that last segment about, um, y- you know, the, the psychic or, well, that's probably bad, the, the mental thinking of young players or even even on the college level today, you see a whole different demeanor for the most part it seems like as far as coaches that are really good that aren't always yelling you know at their players and what they're able to build and i can't remember who we had on mike that said what's important is i i learned i don't know his coach bowden i i learned to coach to the heart and win the heart first before i can really start to say hey you're going to have to do this differently uh, you know, as far as your technique, is is that something what what you're seeing out there, especially with calls that come into you? Yeah. So, can you kind of reframe the question? Because I have some ideas. I just want to make sure that I'm going to hit what you're asking. Yeah. As far as working with kids today, uh, you, you know, you were talking more of well, you could frame the question this way. Whereas in the old days, you know, you you could see coaches just up and up in a guy's face, you know, throw a chair. Throw a chair, Woody, Woody Allen throwing a punch or something like that, you know. Bobby Knight, Bo- yeah, Bobby. Well, uh, yeah, Bobby Knight or throwing Woody, a chair. Woody Hayes, Woody Hayes. Woody, Woody Allen was an actor. <laughs> oh, sorry, so small. I don't think he played any sports at all. He was quite. He was my, quite. My fun. wife always says I get close. Was, like, yeah, Woody, was, Woody Hayes. I think Woody, Woody Allen was quite Ohio's. funny at times, but I never seen him on the sideline of a football game. Woody uh, Hayes. I, I just threw us off. But but as far as coaches. It seems like if coaches really get further down the road today, it's more along the line of what you were just talking about, framing things in a positive way, not a negative way. Absolutely. Um, I saw an interview with Coach K from Duke, and I I always think that everybody knows these things, but this is the stuff that I work on every day, so it may not be well known. But what he does with each player, and if you watch him, I mean, he always kind of looks a little fired up, but – what he said in an interview once was, you have to get to know your players. As in, with Billy, he needs a pat on the back. With Bobby, he needs me to get up in his face. And with somebody else, he needs me to just kind of leave him alone for a little while. So if a coach really desires to get the most out of their players, he has to know how they tick. He has to know what they need to perform at their best. Because for Billy, that pat on the back is not going to do anything. What he needs is a little bit of in-your-face. And so the better you know your players and how they tick, the more you're going to be able to get out of them. And not only that, but I talk to athletes who, especially in the college ranks, that they may not have talked to their coach for two or three weeks. As in, yeah, I go to practice, I go to games, but to have a real conversation with my coach like if you're a coach that wants to get the most out of your players, you hmm. need to, wow. you know, talk to them, have a conversation. Hey, who are you outside of sports? You know, um, especially these college athletes don't even get paid, and these many college coaches are getting 
Big, big millions. Time. But it's like millions. to take you out to lunch. Hey, I want to get to know you, the person. What's going on in your personal life? What's happening at home? Well, if he would have asked me, I would have told him that my mom and dad just got a divorce. I would have told him that my, my brother just got, you know, diagnosed with this disease. And that's why I, you know, I didn't show up or I didn't have a good attitude today. But to just jump a kid before you understand what's going on in their heart. Hmm. I mean, if we look at Jesus Christ in the Gospels, he talked to people. How many times, I'm writing the chapter, my last chapter right now, it's called Each One Win One where it looks at Jesus Christ having these conversations with guys like Nicodemus where, and, got, and women like at the, at the, the woman at the well, where mm-hmm. he just had these great conversations. And, um, you know, he wasn't somebody that just, you know, wouldn't talk to people. He, he had heartfelt conversations with incredible people throughout his, his earthly ministry. The majority of his time he spent with 12 apostles, teaching them, preparing them for taking over after, you know, he was going to give his life. And so, like, what are you doing with your time? If you're not spending it with these individuals and getting to know them, you're missing the boat big time. He is Ray Santiago, author Ray Santiago. Uh, Name of the book, Playing on High Ground. You can uh, get more information on Ray. One word, renewedmindperformance.com. Or you go to Amazon.com to pick the book up. You know, or you were talking a little bit about a player who needs, you know, a, your, to put your arm around him, and another player who can, you know, you can you can get after a little bit, and he'll perform. You know, years ago I was coaching a team, Ray, and and we had a number of players that came from single parent households, and they were with their mom, and we had another player that his dad was a police officer, his mom was a teacher, and. I realized these two really, really good basketball players, great athletes. If I if I said to the young man who who he learned how to deal with his emotions from his mom, if I said if I just yelled at him and I said, "Look, if that kid gets another rebound from you, you're over you. You're going to sit down next to me and you're not going to play until I get," I, I would lose him. He would pout for two days. Hmm. The other young man. I could, I'm telling you, I could do every Bobby Knight thing that you've ever. I I could get right up in his grill, and he would just look at me, and he'd say, "Is that it?" And I'd go, "Yeah." Are you gonna play? He'd go, "I'm gonna play," and he would go out and play like crazy. But I realized that the other young man had learned how to deal with his emotions strictly from his mom. And I don't know if you if you see a lot of that now, um, but you do have to understand what the household is like from the players. I mean, at the high school level, you know, I pretty much know for the most part, you know, where these kids are going after practice. They're going home. Are they going home to a good settled place where they get a meal and get their homework done? Or are they taking two buses to get home and they're going to leave their books in, you know, in the locker because they just don't have you know, the energy to get through it. Right. Yeah. I mean, you just hit it right on the head there. And I was just thinking about as you're saying that is the investment that it takes on both sides of the ball, right? Yes. Kids invest their time, their energy into you and into this program. And as a coach, you have to return that, invest your time into them. And like you said, just get to know them. You don't, and if you do know that that's going on at home and you do know that that kid, you know, has grown up with his mom, all of a sudden you can change, if you desire to, you can change your approach and holy moly, that kid might become an MVP. 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the coach does have so much power. It has the power to do one of two things, to hurt or to help, right? Yeah. To tear down or to build up. Mm-hmm. We see that what, you know, how many times in the epistles we see in the renewed mind that we are to build each other up. We are to yeah. invest in one another and see the yeah. others greater than ourselves. Right. One thing, uh, you know, when we moved here to to Milwaukee, we put our boys in. Uh, Mike was assistant coach at a team, and and we put the boys over there primarily because what I saw in Mike was he could connect. That is, he gets mm-hmm. to know them, and anytime you can connect, you can impact. And yeah. you know, I wanted my boys to be around somebody that would impact them, and you got to be able to connect with them first. And I think that's what Mike. Mike does so well as a coach, and he know when you're talking about know your players, or what Coach K was t- talking about, know your players. I mean, that is that's something that that it seems to be obvious, but it's not obvious today. It is not, guys. We've got to get to a quick break, and and thank you for that, Pastor. I I I, I miss coaching your boys. Those are uh, <laughs> those are good boys. Yeah, well, you know, it, good it, good basketball players. Life tough go, having, life goes by fast, doesn't it? It does. It was tough having you though in in the bench yelling, you know, behind the bench yelling <laughs> at me all the time. But that's our, that's Call our, time our, out, coach. He was, he, no, you know what he'd yell? He'd yell, "Go to zone, play zone." <laughs> He always want. Hey Ray, hey, they, I knew hey, who it was. Hey, I, he, he could hide and say, "Hey, go to a zone," <laughs> and I know it was him. We, hey. Our biggest kid was six one. He wanted us to play the Syracuse zone. Hey. We got to get to a break. Oh, Other side of the break, my. we will continue our conversation. <laughs> he is Ray Santiago. You know what? Maybe there's a mental psyche for pastors that that Ray. We'll have him on again, and it'll be yeah, that's pr- my next book. Yeah, yeah. Pr- it'll be praying on high ground. Yeah, or what about preaching? A, a cre- yeah, a preaching on high ground. Again, he's Ray Santiago. Go to Amazon.com. Name of the book: Playing on High Ground. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone. A journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bunzel's Old Fashioned Meat Market. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I am Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner. He will never, ever open a memorabilia shop. I can tell you that. <laughs> he is at Brookside Baptist Church. Our special guest has been a good one. He is the author of Playing on High Ground. Again, this book, it's a book for athletes desiring to grow in their relationship with God and improve their mental game in order to give they're all for the one who gave us all for us, which is Jesus Christ. Pick it up, Amazon.com, or go to RenewedMindPerformance.com. One word, RenewedMindPerformance.com, to find out more about the book and about Ray Santiago. Hey, Ray, uh, baseball playoffs going on. Do you uh, do you have a team you're rooting for? Yes, yeah, so I lose a lot of friends when I say this, but I am a, I'm a huge Yankee fan. Uh, my dad was a bat boy for them in the 77 World Series, and I grew up actually a Mariners fan. And uh, if you want to kick me off the show now, that's okay. <laughs> uh, thanks and, for listening but, uh, to Faith in the Zone <laughs> on Sport. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, about 2001, um, I read Derek Jeter's book, 
the life you imagine. And I fell in love with him. And as a shortstop, I mean, about that time, who doesn't love Derek Jeter? So then all my Mariners, like Randy Johnson and, and Alex Rodriguez, started going to the Yankees and a team that I hated when he, they were winning all their World Series. I, I learned to love in about 2002, and then it took me eight years to win a World Series with them in 2009. So I wouldn't call myself a bandwagon fan, but uh, I've been through it with them for the, for the last while. Yeah, but been watching them. It's been an enjoyable win last night. Boy, you did. it was. Hey, you've got an Aaron Judge story. Yeah, so um, I work part-time for a, a sports agency called PSI, and they – they represent Aaron Judge, and I had never met him. And every every year in January, my father and I go do some sports psych stuff. We do a good talk for them, and he knew he was going to um, make the team or be on that uh, cusp of making the big league team. And usually, guys like that don't show up. Usually, it's the the low A, the single A, the double A guys that show up for this eight week uh, pre spring training workout, and it's a brutal workout. Uh, the guy D.Y. David York, he's worked with, uh, he's one of the best strength and conditioning coaches I've ever seen, and, and I used to be in this workout, so it wasn't an enjoyable experience. So if I'm on the cusp of making the major leagues, I'm not going to that. I'm going and doing something else. But Aaron showed up for eight weeks this year, all eight weeks, lived with the guys, and, and so I'm giving this talk, and I'm looking around the room. They just got done with this workout, and some guys are tired, you know, and you see Aaron, he's like on the edge of his seat and just soaking in every single thing he can get. Here's a guy that obviously hit 52 home runs this year, and I look at that and I say, that started a long, long time ago in his humility, in his desire to grow, his desire to learn, his desire to get even one little nugget out of anybody that can help him. And so I had the privilege of sitting and watching the national football game with him and just just asking him questions, just sitting there and, and talking, you know, sports psych for a while. It was it was really cool, and, and I'm not one to um, get pictures or anything. So when I'm working, I'm working. And um, but it was just to see him have that success this year has been so cool because you see those seeds he planted long time ago of that humility, the desire to learn, make adjustments. Um, and yeah, he did a lot of stuff, you know, this this off season with his mechanics and. You know, it's just a credit to his hard work. So to see him have that success and see the Yankees have that success is, is a personal joy, but also um, it's, it's great to see him have success. You know, uh, they were talking about that home run he hit against the Twins, uh, mm -hmm. that usually he had no emotion when he would hit mm -hmm. a home run. But they, they kept showing him rounding first base with this yes. huge smile and, and like, like huge relief, like – uh, you know, I don't know if it was Aaron Boone or who it was saying, man, I mean, he never has emotion like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, was that just probably just like a, a, a huge relief here? We're going to maybe get past this, this wild card game. You know, it's them having fun. And yeah. what I love about baseball in the last, I'd say 15 years, 10 years. And I don't know if it's the influx of uh, the Latin players, but you see them having so much more fun now, whether it's that little interview in the dugout. Oh, yeah, uh, I saw that. You just look like a kid. Yeah. You just look like a kid, and they're having fun. And I think the Latin community and, and is, has brought so much more of that joy of the game back to what looked for a while like a very professional uh, game where it's, you know, you don't show emotion, you don't do those things. 
But as fans, I mean, I don't know if you guys, but just to see that them having fun. It's yeah. You, I think about uh, who was it? Niger Morgan a while ago who started yeah. Beast Mode. Was it Beast Mode in in, the, in Milwaukee? Yeah, he did uh, in Milwaukee. Got, yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know what? He was stuff. yeah. They loved it here, and and this team in Milwaukee, they had uh, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, and watching them uh, right down to the end was was great. Very quickly, you've got uh, a couple of Brewer players you're working with. You know, keep working with them. We'd love to see them in Milwaukee soon. I I think that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, uh, Cody Medeiros, I've worked with in the past. Uh, 2014 number one draft pick, and then Quentin Torres. I think he was drafted in the in the 30s, in the 30th round or something. And uh, he actually just got bumped up to double A. And a quick story on him, we were, and he would be okay with me sharing this, but he was in single A with the Timber Rattlers, and he got uh, pushed down to, I forget um, what's below the Timber Rattlers. Maybe Beloit. Like low A. Yeah. And, and, you know, we had this conversation where he's like, you know, I'm probably going to get cut. I'm going to go serve hamburgers back in Hawaii. And we just had this talk that, hey, use this as a learning experience. What do you want to get from this? Because you can get frustrated or you can get fascinated on how to get better. So we developed a new mentality for him. And two weeks later, he gets called up. And, you know, he's in low A. And, you know, this year he was got moved up to double A. And Boy, so that's within awesome. a year, within a year, he goes from, I might be serving hamburgers to, hey, I'm on the cusp of Making going to the major thing. leagues in double A. And hey. so it really comes back to that mindset. It's, it's a mm. thought away. It really is a thought away. Ray, thank you so much. We are running out of time. Again, it, uh, Playing on High Ground is the book. It's available on Amazon.com. Go to RenewedMindPerformance.com to get more information on Ray Santiago. Really appreciate your time. Good luck with the book. Please let us know when, when the second book is ready to go. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having us. Thank you, you, you bet. Thank pa- you, Ray. Pastor, it's good yeah. to see you. Thank you, Mike. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace? Now I know for certain, Lord, it was you that rescued me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.